morning puja, the sense of shrine offering, sacred Buddha, the enlightened one. And are we paying our respects? Right lifting, placing that in our consciousness, placing that in our mind, placing our chitta in a context of liberation of enlightened beings and asking it to rise up, encouraging it, coming out of self-view where everything operates around the preferences and moods and inclinations and so on ways of doing things. This is the, uh, the view that chitta occludes the chitta, it acts like a cloud or a constraint over the chitta. The freedom, liberation is anything, it's liberation from the being held by this particular view. Things have to go my way, I can't bear it, it's not the way I like it. Um, so on, you know, my time, my speed, how long do I have to do this for? Um, you know, it keeps, it comes up as a kind of volition tendency, as a, the volition acts in accordance with some sort of set of wishes or criteria as to what feels normal, comfortable, manageable. And, uh, you know, when it's really encouraged to come out of that, to grow up through that, to steady, uh, comfort, and then really begin to have the confidence to come out of that. That's not the leading suit, that's not your best area, that your jitta can do a lot better than that. So, it's a record the spiritual faculties, Saddha, confidence, starts with a sense of the possibility of something better, something wiser, something richer. Saddha, sense of faith. In practice, it can become something like confidence. As you ripen into it, it becomes a sense of conviction. And there's a, a, you know, there's a certain struggle there to, you know, when the feeling comes or the pressure comes, do you follow the Buddha Dhamma or do you follow, you know, the ordinary run-of-the-mill conventions and criteria, what's comfortable, pleasant, useful, like I manage, you know. And yeah, you know, it takes a while, but this is the area, we, this is the border we have to cross. We can really make the best use of our time. Virya, second of the Indrians, energy, uh, starts off as a sense of some enthusiasm, eagerness, 
yeah, let's get going, motivation. And then it really becomes a recognition of the where we have to apply and how we have to apply. Wise energy. It's uh, noticeable that in meditation circles, a lot of energy can go into techniques and systems, um, you know, as if they're going to do it. And then, of course, oh, I don't really like this one, this one so good. You know, you want to get it so it's good enough to do the main work, which is to bring forth the energy. There's no Tibetan or Zen or Theravada in, in, the, in the Dhamma. Just you know, bring forth the chitta, bring it forth. There's no, you know, you shouldn't, one should begin to comprehend when it's just um, wavering or pulling back. And just following the Buddha. You know, sense of giving what you have and checking to see if you've got a little bit more you can give and then this is what generates strength you generally test as far as you can go and then test it for a little bit more not in vanity or pride but just a sense of I'm working out, you know, exercise. Take a breather, try again. And take a look at the men- mental habits. You know, dejected or bored or whatever. And what happens to the chitta? It's sort of, you know, caved in, doesn't it? When you prime it and say, you know, bring it forth, bring it into your body. You can sit, you can stand, you can walk, you can fill it. And the skills of meditation, really, with the right view to cultivate that right energy, so you've got a steady source of it. So much emphasis on can be made on calm, but um, calm is not an indriya. It's not a support leading faculty. The indriya are the leaders. Calm is a consequence, or a helpful consequence. But you lead with sadha, faith, confidence, and you bring it forth and back that up with some energy, some commitment. Yeah. And it becomes an unwavering persistence. Stay at your task. Stay at your at your work. You know where the weak spots are, where the mind dithers or wavers or gets stuck, and you begin to through wisdom skillfully know how to apply. And how to just not this just this steady, like a steady leaning on particular points. You know, right? And doing. It's some of these qigong exercises. There's not a lot of punch in it, but there's a certain steady, you know, steadying, persisting, extending. Mm-hmm. And this is it, and your chitta is much more capable of doing that. You understand bodies have limitations just on what tissues can do. Mm-hmm. Looking really at uh, energy in terms of the heart, the spirit. Mm-hmm.
Mm. And we have this um, twofold <coughs> recollection. One is Asada, one feels a sense of there is, a, there is an enlightenment, there are those who realize it, it's an organic right view. There are those who in this life realize liberation. Mm. Can, yeah. And the other one is we know aging, sickness, and death. So one is like pushing us behind, and the other is leading us onwards. Time's running out. How good are you going to feel on your deathbed? Don't let your jitta be bound down by domestic circumstances, by historical narratives, by self-views. Extend beyond that. You don't extend beyond this, then it's just domesticating the Dhamma. You know, that's kind of what can happen. Gradually the time of meditation gets, you know, short or now and then when I have time after work and, well, if it's not now, if you're tired and it just peters out into a little bit of a kind of stress release or something or interesting occupation. Well, it's not going to go very far like that. This is transcending birth and death, it's not like a hobby. <laughs> and so part of that is that sense of, uh, you know, honouring, rising up to the standards. I don't self really recognise any great beings who haven't tested themselves and found themselves, you know, having to meet difficult things and just persist. Even without having an answer, just hang in there, working at it, looking for the places where you can get in and, and undo the knot. And use your, like a, like a creature with its paw in a trap. You know, see an animal has got its paw stuck in a trap. It doesn't go, oh well, Never mind, you know. <laughs> it looks for ways, it pulls, it looks for ways out, it chews, it works it out, you know. Can you get that, get out of it? And there is a way out. <coughs> and uh, whatever else it's, we can, however else we want to frame that, it's uh, essential in developing liberation from this uh, self you, the domestic. Yeah. And, you know, what it takes to encourage, gladden, warm, brighten, steady the chitta to get it healthy enough to, you know, fed it, feeding it, you know, extend it, extend it. Extend it into your the body, extend it, ah, you know, use the uh, wisdom as a, energy as a, as a resource for mindfulness and wisdom. Um, third injury is um, <coughs> mindfulness, ability to frame something up, form a frame of reference, and, you know, Frame of reference can be just this very body. It doesn't have to be 
super refined, but one holds it steady in a persistent way. And again, you with mindfulness, it's a sort of thick skill, or you can use many ways, very refined ways. But the Buddha said, just the extent to know there is a body, first foundation of mindfulness, one is mindful of phenomena within the body, organs, flesh, t- tissues, one bears in mind the nature of the decay of the body, we bear in mind the state of the breathing of the body, but the rising phenomena, the passing phenomena, or the awareness just adequate to know with clear awareness, this is a body, there is a body here. Now that may sound like, kind of, well, so what? But holding it, sustaining that, when you're walking, standing, sitting, climbing, rather than my body. And many people, like this, most people carry around a kind of a shadow impression. The sense of the, the me is not very strong. It's in the background. It's not revealing itself. And we, you know, we come to the sense of the body, you know, how it looks. Uh, you know, we get quite self-conscious about that. So just work with the body, imagine what it's like when it breaks down, when the teeth fall out. Aging, old, wrinkled, crumpled body. Is this not going to happen? Of course it's going to happen. What happens if you lose a limb? It's scarred. You just recollect, recollect the body and how uh, up, you know, stressed or upset one can get about its decaying or its disfigurement. Can you be sure this will not happen? Well, you can be sure one aspect it will happen. They don't get younger. So you just bear this in mind and you, you know, quite a simple obvious truth. You better see what happens. Is it kind of quivering or Oh, well, you know, well, don't that sort of dismissively hold it there until the, the jitter really gets it. This is a form in nature. And we use its strength while it's there. It doesn't, you know, that again dwindles. You use its strength while it's there. You don't dissipate it on unuseful, um, pursuits. So, mindfulness of body can be this, can be entered with this. Hair. So, skin. So, teeth. So, Are these ornaments, or are they just features of what human bodies come out with? 
and the nature is to change, not self. So much identified with the photograph. <coughs> Quite a few of the monasteries don't even have mirrors. They begin to you know, dispel this shadow impression of the visual body as being some final reality that one has to, you know, make an issue out of. <coughs> and you know, can't even see your body, you know, in that same way, in the face. Just it, it's, other, it's for other people, isn't it? Faces. You can't see it. Thing that other people see. Well, that, that's their, <laughs> that's their business. So, you know, this is not terribly refined and sometimes you will feel slightly offended by it if you're being negative. But, is it true? And is there a possibility of a little more release through that? That's what we are concerned, we should be concerned with. And you start to, you know, it's like things that a lot of these attachments lurk under the surface. We don't realise until you do a recollection that turns, takes a, take, turns it over. And you say, oh, yeah, now I notice it. It's interesting. No, I actually consider it that way. It's true. And I feel slightly, oh, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> okay. So that's nice. That's interesting, isn't it? What's what's what is it that evades or finds truth uncomfortable? Mm. Not uh, enlightenment, is it? <laughs> you know, you know, one of the aims of uh, of uh, lessening this self view and and uh, self preoccupation is the unification of the mind. Samadhi. And again, you know, people you get all kinds of interest in samadhi, concentration, giving up on it, don't need it, or, well, how do you do it? I can't do it. Uh, of course, I can't do it, but uh, part of it is the, you know, because the I am tends to, can't cover. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a small thing. It's often a thing that's often in some state of distress or need, needing support. It doesn't have the capacity to support us. The Dhamma holds us up better than I do. The I am is looking for something to support it. So it's got this, it doesn't even recognize it as something that's you know, restless and fretful. People say, so we'll just sit here. Nobody's going to hurt you, we'll just sit here. Yeah. And take away some of these supports. Yeah. And that changing your, the focus to Dhamma. It's like this, you know. It's this, it's this, it's this until, you know, Chitta, 
begins to apprehend and stay with how it actually is. This has a settling effect, and we do have its, uh, its, uh, there's some graciousness and liberality in that, and that you can approach this through a number of ways. You can approach samadhi from a number of channels, directions, walking, breathing, metta, you know, they're all ways of unifying the chitta. There's one concern, one theme, doesn't have to be exceptionally subtle or refined, it's just that where the chitta can recognize there's a chance here of being a little more settled, a little more stable. Here it's not, you know, desperate. Here it's finding some sense of comfort. You're kind of, you know, weaning it. But there is a, you find a way in and pick up that theme, spread your attention into it, persist with it. Persist extending the amount of time you can stay with it. Bring it back again. Sit a little more. And using skills to push away, scatter, clean, however you like to put it, these hindrances of basically, you know, hindrances energetically do two things. One is we get jittery and jumpy, so energy is jumping around, and the other is it will get flat and stale, and we sink down, you know. So, just in terms of energy, what is the steady energy? What helps that? So, posture, eyes open, uh, what, what gathers jittery energy, composure, steady, calm, composed attention, counteracts tendency to um, craving, contemplating the unsatisfactory nature of it, shifting one's attention away from objects that stimulate craving, thirst, need, hunger. <coughs> Feeling the unsatisfactory, unpleasant experience of craving, the pulling of it, the rough dragging of it, the the, the hunger of it. Yeah. And it's always saying, well, yeah, but once I get it, I'll feel be okay. Well, yeah, you get a little, you get a moment's reprieve before it starts up again. So it does some other object. Yeah, so you begin to witness this, bear it in mind, contemplate it, know the sign, the characteristic of craving. So you begin to apprehend that movement of the chitta. Okay. Uh, and again, craving to have something, craving to be something, craving to get rid of something I don't want to be with with the assumption, everything will be alright if I follow this. How long does that one, that line, that sales pitch, 
How many times do you buy that sales pitch? Your will, resistance, pulling away, negativity. Spelling of intention, this is for my welfare, my well-being. Making that priority. And like, uh, you know, metta, the characteristic of it is the removal of ill will. It's not about having huge amounts of, of uh, emotional energy so much as withdrawing from the, the experience of ill will and the wider you can you can sustain that it's not about getting high with it there's something in a certain favor strong emotional surges there's an energy with it something pleasant feeling with it and yeah that can happen but it also tends to destabilize the mind. What characteristic sign of metta is the removal of resistance and ill will, hostility, withdrawal, um, you know. Remo- characteristic of compassion is the removal of harshness. Characteristic of mudita is the removal of jealousy and uh, self-pity characteristic of big equanimity is the removal of the going up and down and steady with life as it goes up and down conditions are like this is this, you know, one can pick up being like that and just, you know, it's all in there the beauty of the Buddha's teaching is not any parikama, any meditation things you cultivate, it kind of connects to all the others and this is where the mind unifies and finds confidence. And so this unification is what samadhi is about. Dancers interest in composure rather than stimulation interest in uh, thoroughness thoroughly steadying, bedding in and becomes uh, the mind is smoothed out it's ready for examination because you've opened it up chitra is open through samadhi not suppressed. Another misnomer. You know, somebody's kind of sitting there dumb and 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 <coughs> barely conscious. What's the good of that? Certainly, people can, you can do that. <laughs> uh, this is through through numbing out. But it's not not a unit. It's not bringing forth the chitting all its potential. Somebody is a bright firm, unified state. Otherwise it's not really particular significance. And it can be based just upon things like metta, 
whatever you, you're with, you stain it, you spread it over areas that hasn't covered yet. Um, you dismiss the opposite thing. Thing of ill will, wherever it comes, you dismiss that. Breathe it out, however you do that. And you remove, you, know, uh, you remove the obstacles. This is a very reliable um, um, definition of samadhi, the removal of the five hindrances. So, you know, often the samadhi, oh, I'm going to get nimitas, lights, signs, feel like I'm floating off the ground, and special, you know, all this kind of firework stuff. You know, get real, it's about removing the hindrances. And so the, the chitta is steady and ready. Restlessness, you know, hindrance, dullness, hindrance, restlessness. And restlessness is handled through mindfulness, bearing in mind, coming back to again, and then the energy, confidence, and this helps us to persist through these waves of agitation, mental, emotional, physical. Well, they, they, they pass, they have to clean out. Hindrances themselves are not really something going wrong, so much as they've been, they're saying, now you're ready to deal with these. You may not want to be ready for it, but this is what's coming out. It's like coming out in the wash. And uh, so certainly a major theme of our life is to recognize, not to be embarrassed, ashamed, uh, or deluded, or denying the experience of hindrances. Well, this is what's coming out. Now is the chance, is the test, the challenge. Rise up to that. The Buddha had to meet this. Every, any teacher or being the respect has had to meet these restlessness, boredom, looking for something to get into. Well, this body, breathing, the walking, weaning the mind off its glittering uh, persistence. And doubt, this is where the fifth indriya of, of um, anya, discernment, clarity, is spelled doubt. Wisdom is the faculty that differentiates. This is virtuous, this is ignoble, this is not worthy of me. We have precepts, but also, you recognize, you know, when the jitta is following unuseless or unskillful habits. Oh, no, no, this isn't it. And uh, it's knowing them as they are, rather than knowing them as myself. So, one of the images it's used is just as a as a young man or a young woman in their prime. 
recognize that they're carrying this around their neck a uh, dead dog or a dead snake or something you know, something kind of rotting Ooh, what am I carrying this for? this is not worthy of me they take it off this is the way one should consider the hindrance not I'm so sinful, I'm, de- I'm defiled, I'm a corrupted person da 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 but this is not worthy of my chitta this is why we're raising up the sacred that there's something in the jitta once that is sacred. Basically, that which comes out of self-view, we see as this is the footprint of the Buddha. This is the track of the Tathagata. The jitta can move into that lineage, that family, and we see what. But it can also just persist, hanging into the old stuff. So, this is not worthy. And wisdom is the ability to discern when the jitter is going down into old habits and when it's rising up, when it's at least trying to come out of those. This is a jitter that's aspiring. Keep that there. Discern. Discern where hindrances arise, what, what breeds them. What uh, 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 inappropriate attention, either attention that's scattering around and and onto objects that cause irritation, worry, doubt, you know, uh, prolif- mental proliferation, craving, and there's plenty of those. The world is strewn with. Uh, hindrance attractors. Appropriate attention, you can first know it means first of all one chooses something that's appropriate to attend to, suitable, and then you attend with a sense of inquiry. So your attention is not just sort of like sitting on something, it digs into it. What's this about? What's this about? It's a wise, deep attention. It starts to, you know, open up the fibers of our assumptions, of our worldview, our sense of who we are. Who is this? Who is this? When the mood comes up, who is this? Take it for granted the thoughts in my, that come arise in me thinking. Mm-hmm. Where's that? Who's that? So we contemplate thought as what's the meaning of this thought? Where's it coming from? What what's underneath it? Is it a worry thought, restless thought, craving thought, ill will thought? What family does it belong to? You, you detect, or is it a thought imbued with generosity, gladness? What's what's its family? What's its what's its uh like, you know, is it infected? Like a dog or something like that? What's that? You're prudent. You, you don't just adopt thoughts. Or just let them run on. You measure them. What's this about? This is called deep attention. Thoughts about the future, thoughts about the past, thoughts about myself, thoughts about others. Are these, what's the emotion? 
And how's that feel? We may recognize quite a lot of thought is just nervous energy bubbling away, filling the time, speculation. And something important to do now. There's all enough to do. Even trying to get it all figured out just adds to the uh, accumulation of thought, the belief in thought, the predominance of thought, the um, and thinking is not where it's at. The doubt one begins to recognize that. You can do some doubt. You can see doubt is always the thought trying to cover something it can't cover. Thought's trying to get a word or an idea or a solution around something it can't do. It's a limited function. Take it as a superior, most uh, highest function, but it is not. It doesn't go that far in terms of interior experience, it's quite limited. External things, pretty good. You know, measurements, physics, so forth, pretty good in terms of coming up with measurements and definitions. When you come into release and liberation, it's not very useful at all. It's of some use to point you to acknowledge and then the real wisdom, understanding of developed wisdom is something much more profound, subtle and measureless. Mm. The time when you just put the books down, feel it, feel how it is. So your wisdom faculty can go beyond thought into the finer attunement, like finding balance. You can't think your way into balance, you can feel it. Um, It begins, say, with feeling the fully experience, the arising of conditions, the passing of conditions, the moment when it arises, the times when the thoughts welling up, noticing the disappearing of phenomena, something we're barely paying attention to, space, the emptying out, the pausing, the ending, before we can conceive it, we conceive what we're doing suddenly, are we, what are we doing now? We're pausing. But what am I supposed to, you know, we're just pausing. But how long, no, we're just pausing. But what, no, pause. You know, just... You know, notice the sense of the chitta just opening and maybe struggling to get a word around it. And 
but you can be here in the pause. So we widen our experience beyond the verbal. And many meditation experiences, as we enter these interiors, experience experiences you can really barely find words for. That your wisdom, because it gets subtler, more profound, knows this is suffering, this is not suffering, this is stressful, this is not stressful, it discerns that, so this is where releases, and releases, oh this is the release of ill will, the release of pressure, the release of grasping, it's there, we know that much, and you feel something shift, and these shift moments are uh, something really has happened, Then that, then the confidence. You've got something you, you really know. Something has shifted, changed alignment. This is a realization, wisdom. Much of the uh, grasping or the held, holding on, is not, we're not, it's not evident. Except when the struggle to find something to grasp onto, you begin to acknowledge that. What's your life if there's nothing to achieve? You don't realize how. We assume this is about achievement. What, is, what would it be like if there's nothing to achieve? We assume, we assume that knowledge. What if there's nothing to know? That there are there are experiences that can be known, that can be conceived of. What about if this is measureless, signless? Oh, you that that apparatus that has been my, you know, guide is, is actually, this is where it go, we put it down, clinging to understanding, clinging to knowledge, sense of time, progress, getting ahead, 
those things that we don't recognize we're grasping Settling into something open, poised, and now it's time for you to do as you see fit. <coughs> 